0: Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Today we are continuing our series through the book of James. We're actually wrapping up our our series uh, through the book of James. And we're going to be looking at James chapter 5. Uh, specifically one, verses 1 through 9, and then we'll dip our toes into 13 and 14 uh, in, as we conclude. Um, so James, as we have seen, is written to a people that is, has been scattered, has been chased out of their homes in jerusalem by persecution and they have scattered all over the the mediterranean area and james was written to this scattered people uh, to help them go how do we live how do we follow the way of jesus uh, in these difficult times in this unfamiliar territory having lost jobs and lost some of our economic stability and, and being in a, in a strange land where we are looked down on, right? And it's a challenging situation. James writes to these people to show them the way of Jesus, the way of wisdom in the midst of these difficult times. These turbulent times. And, and we also are in turbulent times, right? And uh, it is a letter that is just as applicable to us today as it was to uh, these dispersed tribes of Israel 2,000 years ago. In the, in the first week, we saw that James told us that the, the way of Jesus has many trials, has many tribulations, but we are to count it all joy, right? We are to to rejoice that we are found in Jesus and that he is going to see us through. In week two, we talked about how the way of Jesus shows no partiality, right? There's no favoritism in the kingdom, but God sees all as equal. Week three, we saw that following the way of Jesus means sticking to one path. James says that if you don't, if you try to follow Jesus on Sunday mornings in our vernacular, right? And then try to do it your own way at at work or in other parts of your life. James says you're double-minded and you're unstable in all that you do, but encourages us to, to count the cost, to follow the way of Jesus, because that is the way that leads to life and freedom and joy. Week four, we saw how our tongues actually direct us in one direction or another, so we must be careful about what we say about ourselves and what we say to others. Week five, we talked about how, uh, well, that was last week, how Jesus, the way of Jesus, is the way of peace. And today, we're going to see how the way of Jesus is marked with justice, patience, and prayer. Justice, patience, and prayer. And so you can join. turn with me in your Bibles if you have them, or I've got it up on the, the screen here. Uh, James begins in chapter 5, verse 1. He says, Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. So James is switching his, his uh, audience a little bit. Or at least who he's talking to. Multiple times throughout the letter of James, we've seen he's been talking to, he says, brother and sister in the NIV, right? The, the, the scattered tribes of Israel. He's talking to the Jewish believers. Now he seems to be changing direction and he's talking to the rich folk in the places where they have settled down. Um, because the Jews did not have a problem being wealthy, at least in this moment. Right? They were outcasts. They had run from Jerusalem. They were being persecuted. They were the bottom of the social ladder here. And so James is talking to rich people. And he uses this, uh, this like, prophetic language. He takes a, a chapter out of maybe Isaiah or Jeremiah or Amos' book. And he says, Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. And so again, once again, we've seen this over and over in the book of James. He grounds his teachings, his way of wisdom, in the imminent return of Jesus. Right? Jesus is on his way back. He could come back. At any moment and some people some scholars would say that you know James and other first century disciples or Apostles or followers of Jesus they just misunderstood what Jesus was talking about they thought he was coming back in the first century and they were wrong and we can just kind of sweep that idea under the rug but I don't think that that is accurate I don't think that is good I don't think that is healthy I don't think that's what James is trying to say I think what we see in James and in Paul and even the, the teachings of, of Jesus and Peter, right? That Jesus could come back at any moment, and we need to live in light of that. And so these people, uh, these rich oppressors who were trusting in their in their riches and were, was it say they were, uh, you know, they're they're hoarding their wealth is. Has rotted, their gold and silver are corroded, right? Because they've been hoarding this wealth. They've just been looking out for themselves, thinking that you know if they knew Jesus or, or not, they weren't thinking that he was imminent, he weren't thinking that he was coming back, they weren't thinking that there was some judgment waiting for them, but they were just living like this is it. I put my trust and my hope and my joy in these riches and it is great. And I'm having a real good time. But, but James warns them, weep and wail. There's judgment coming. Jesus is coming. Because we see that uh, God sees and listens to the cry of the oppressed, of the poor. He says, look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter, another reference to the day of judgment. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. James, writing this letter to the, the poor, scattered, Uh, around the Mediterranean area, right? He's writing to them to say, hey guys, you might feel persecuted. You might feel oppressed. You are certainly going through suffering and challenges, but God hears you. God sees you. And the day of the Lord is imminent and he is coming to make all things right again. And that's the gospel hope, right? It's not that we are going to die someday and go to heaven, but that Jesus, the king of the world, is returning. He could come back at any moment, and he's going to set right all things. So put your hope in that, James says, as he warns these wealthy uh, oppressors, or whatever we want to call them. That's That's what the NIV calls them, rich oppressors. And we would love to put ourselves in kind of the persecuted camp, right? We want to align ourselves with these kind of Jews who have scattered and who are, being, are suffering because we feel suffering, right? We feel pain. We feel the trials and tribulations of, of this world. But the reality is that we are much closer to these rich folks. If our household makes more than thirty two thousand dollars a year you are in the top one percent of wage earners in the entire world that's pretty good right and we have a different context so if we make thirty two thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars right we go man i'm i got nothing right i only have one tv and one car it's crazy i can't get the 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 big package i can't get disney plus this is such a hard life I really encourage you, whatever it takes, just get Disney+. Plus. <laughs> um, that's, that's a takeaway for today. All right, no, but we, so we live in luxury, right? We have a ton, right? And we uh, want to read this in correct perspective and going, man, I want to make sure that I am not falling to the temptation of the, the power and the, the, the idol of riches, right? Because we have been given a lot. And I don't say that to shame any of us or to say, could you guys please give some more? Because you guys are incredibly, incredibly generous. We have, you know, we've seen the, 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 the giving throughout this really challenging season of, of, of COVID. And you guys have continued to be faithful in your giving so that we have been able to continue, uh, you know, proclaiming the gospel in, in different ways through, through live stream, Right. And through Zoom meetings and all this stuff and I appreciate you guys so much. There's been there is multiple people in this church, just this little church, that called me and said, hey Mark, there's, uh, if anybody loses their job, right, if anybody has financial difficulty, call me and let me know because I've saved and set aside this, this much money, hundreds of dollars, to help anybody. Come on! so good we are a generous church Uh, we have partnered if you remember before covid that nice lady from the three rivers pregnancy helpline came Don, yeah, thank you. She came and talked about this mobile unit that they are raising money for, uh, and it costs like two hundred thousand dollars, right? And it's this mobile unit that will uh, help provide care for uh, uh, women who find themselves in uh, in desperate situations with unexpected or unwanted pregnancy, and they can minister to these young women to to, to help them and to to save these children, right? And and we have given thousands of dollars to that ministry. And I got a, uh, a card in, in the mail last week and, and they, they said that they have, over this uh, pandemic season, they've raised $125,000. Come on, that's great, right? $75,000 away from having this amazing ministry right in our backyard. And so I'm not saying this to say, you guys suck it up and start being generous. You are. Right, you're amazing. You inspire me. But we want to recognize the warning of James that says it's very uh, uh, easy to fall prey to the idol of of riches. Right? We've all felt that, and so we want to take this time and go, Lord, would you search my heart? Would is there any way that I am not living generously? As I recognize what you have poured out and given me, am I responding in the like way? So I just encourage you to, to be circumspect, to search your hearts, to invite the Holy Spirit into that. But James continues, and he moves from talking to uh, these rich folks, and he talks to the brothers and sisters again. In verse 7, let's see if I have that. There it is. Verse 7, James says, Be patient, then, brothers and sisters. Be patient, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. He's not denying their suffering. We've seen that throughout the book. He's not denying that people are maybe taking advantage of them or whatever, but he's calling them, he's saying, your response to this oppression, this difficulty, this pain, is patience. Mm -hmm. We saw in chapter 1 in the first week, you know, count it all joy when you have to endure trials of every kind. And that word endurance there is the same word that is translated patience here in chapter 5. Have patience. That the little Greek word, macrothumio. I feel like every once in a while I should show you guys that I graduated from seminary and I should say a, uh, a Greek word. <laughs> Just kidding. There's this little Greek word called makrothumio uh, that seems very pious and pompous. I repent of my pomposity. Is that a thing? Pomposity? Okay, so it's this word that means patience or more specifically, a long-suffering, uh, loving attitude that we are to have towards others. We may be familiar with it in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, where, where Paul says, love is patient. It's kind. It doesn't envy or boast. It's not arrogant. Love is long-suffering and endures. In 1 Thessalonians, uh, Paul uses this word and he says, We urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, but be patient with all of them. This is how we are to live our lives as Christ followers, in patience. But just like uh, there it, we don't sit idle during this patience, right? Paul, uh, no, this is James. Now James uses this imagery of the, the farmer waiting uh, for the land to yield its crops. And I'm not, uh, I'm not a, I don't know a lot about farming. There's a couple of you here that know maybe a little bit uh, more than me. But it seems like what I have learned is that you don't sow the seeds and then just go fishing until it's time to harvest. Am I correct in that it's not just a vacation between sowing oh, and and re- Oh, really? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so right there's 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 something to do in the midst of this time. We are patient, right? Just like the farmer waiting for the autumn spring and uh, autumn and spring rains, right? And so we too are patient, but we are not idle. So what do we do as Christ followers in the midst of turbulent times? And As we are patient, Paul, nope, still James. I've practiced this sermon a a couple times, and I say Paul so much, it makes me think that I preach from Paul too much, and maybe we should move to some other uh, books of the Bible, which I guess we are. James, James, this is James. Uh, So James, uh, he says, in your patience... (coughs) Uh, stand firm or uh, another translation says establish yourself right just like the the farmers they're not waiting and sitting around smoking and fishing i don't know (laughs) that's fish whatever right but they're waiting and they're working they're continuing to work we continue to work by standing firm by establishing ourselves in jesus we establish our hearts in the Lord. And so we, we practice uh, John 15, where Jesus invites us, right, to, to remain in me, right, to, to dwell in me, to, to allow my presence to transform you. Right? We have an active work. We go to the Lord. We practice the disciplines of finding ourselves in Jesus, spending maybe a, a quiet time in the morning or the evening, however that works for you. But in that place, we establish ourselves in him, right? Because we can't kind of just uh, drum up these characteristics that James is calling us to. We can't just drum up patience or drum up perseverance or drum up long-suffering or drum up peace, right? Those are fruit of the Spirit that are found as we find ourselves in him and allow him to do his work. The second thing that we are to do in the midst of what James is talking about here is that we don't grumble against one another. Where is that? Don't, in verse 9, don't grumble against one another. And I have to admit, this past week, I found myself grumbling. Believe it or not, I actually struggle with some things once in a while and and so I was grumbling to Amber I was like, tuh, 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 tuh. and I realized I was like what am I doing like I, I literally have to preach this to people in like three days right and so so I called up the, this uh, this guy who I was grumbling against and I said hey can we just sit down can we just sit down and have a conversation and man it was so good the kind of my anger and bitterness that I was kind of holding kind of to myself and just secretly like, you know, I know you guys probably don't do that, but secretly just like, Oh, Amber, you wouldn't believe what this guy said, da, 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 da. right? But And so I went and I talked to him and I was like, this is what I heard. This is what it felt like. This is, this is how that offended me. And we talked it out and we're not on the exact same page, but we're a lot closer. And we, and we really, make, I don't know, save sounds like a dramatic word but we kind of we saved that relationship that was could have been oh, i could have allowed that division and that bitterness and that grossness just to to break it apart and to go man you know what we don't have to agree 100 percent on everything but we know that we we love each other and i repent for for grumbling against you it was a great 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 conversation and so as we are patient as we endure suffering right we want to live as as uh Paul called us to to live when he wrote his letter to the the Romans. Um, I think this is 5.17. He says, Don't repay anyone evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, and he quotes from Proverbs, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Right, this is our call. Not to grumble, not to, as we are enduring difficult situations. Right? Our flesh wants to react. And often it wants to react in gossip or slander or, you know, whatever. Maybe we want to fight back with violence, right? But we're not to do that. We're to follow the way of peace like we talked about last week. And James, he concludes his letter-ish. We are going to conclude James' letter in verse 13 that says, if anyone among you is in trouble, let them pray. If anyone isn't happy, let, uh, let them sing songs of praise. If anyone's sick, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil. Right, we, 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 we need to, regardless of what's going on, pray. Because the, the Holy Spirit will reveal this gross stuff in our hearts. He'll reveal, hey, Mark, you're being a grumbler. You should deal with that. And so we pray. When, when things are going poorly, we pray, God, have mercy. God, come quickly. Will you set things right? You are our only hope. When things are good, we pray through, through praise and worship and we give glory to God, but we still communicate and connect with Him. When we're sick, we call the elders, pray. Right? There is power in prayer. We talked about that last week. And so as we look to walk in the way of Jesus, to walk in the way of justice and patience, I encourage you to pray. To pray that your heart would be established, that you would be found in Jesus. Pray for for patience to endure difficulty. Pray for for self-control, not to just lash out. Pray for God's justice to come in your life and in your family, in your community, in our nation. Right? Pray for the strength to, to love your enemy. Pray for the strength not to repay evil with evil. Pray for wisdom in how to try to figure out how to respond maybe to the murky, confusing realities that we see playing out in our lives. Pray for God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. So I encourage you to pray. Do good deeds. Do justice. Love your neighbor. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. Speak out for those who can't speak out for themselves. But saturate it in prayer, allowing the Holy Spirit to look into your heart. I want to close with this passage from the Message Bible by Eugene Peterson, my hero, Eugene Peterson. He says this and. This is his translation of 2 Corinthians ten three through 6 The world is unprincipled. It's dog-eat-dog dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair, but we don't live or fight our battles that way. We never have, and we never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction, and building lives of obedience into maturity. So would you close with me in prayer? Lord Jesus, we thank you that we don't war in, with flesh and blood. Lord, but we wage war against principalities and powers. And Lord, we thank you that you see more clearly than we do. And so, Lord, we pray for wisdom as, as you told us to through through James. We pray for wisdom, Lord, help us to see clearly. Lord, if there is bitterness or angerness, angerness, <laughs> there's anger or fear in our hearts, Lord, would you purge that out so that we can fully trust in you? And Lord, let us side with you as we wage war against these ideas and ideologies. These, these things meant to bring division and to, meant to tear our communities apart. Lord, we pray for mercy. Yes. We pray for mercy. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, and help us to trust you. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, guys, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Uh, we have made it most of the way through the book of James. We've pretty much skipped chapter four, so go back and read that one. It's real good. Uh, Read the whole thing multiple times. It's real, real good. And uh, in next week, we're going to start a new series called Stand Firm, Establish Yourself. We'll say we started it today. We're just going to stand firm, and uh, it's going to be great. Anyway, you guys are dismissed. I don't know what I'm saying. uh, Is there prayer and prophetic? Sure. If you want prayer, uh, we have a team of people that would love to pray for you. Uh, If you want a prophetic word, uh, a word from God to speak encouragement and love, we have a prophetic team that would love to pray with you as well. And with that, you guys are dismissed. Uh, There's donuts and coffee in the family room. Bless you guys.